Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Kara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll-Bennett. And we are obsessed with flipping puberty positive. Puberty is a stage of life best described as a roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts. It happens to literally every human being on earth. And it shouldn't be cringy. It should feel, you know, pretty comfortable. Which is why we started this podcast and a newsletter and why we film slightly ridiculous but informative social media videos. It's why we have a brand that makes clothes that literally feel so comfortable and why we write books too. Our latest is This Is So Awkward, Modern Puberty Explained. We have built a universe of puberty positivity and it all started with this podcast. We are so happy that you're here. Some weeks we have especially special episodes. Can I say that, Vanessa? Especially special? I think so. I mean, you can say whatever you want, to be honest. That's true. It's our podcast. This is especially special. So Valerie Schaefer, the original author of The Care and Keeping of You, which came out 25 years ago. Actually, if you're a bean counter, it was 26 years ago because the original book was launched in 1998. Valerie is here as our guest and like, you know, for everyone else, the cool aunt, basically. That's who she is. She's like the cool friend and to younger people, the cool aunt to talk about the relaunch anniversary edition of the 25th anniversary of Caring Keeping of You 1 and the 10th anniversary of the Caring Keeping of You 2. Books that we worked on really in parallel and not in partnership until this edition where we got to actually work for the very first time together on these titles. 
And so we talk all about it. It's so fun to be on with Valerie and Cara. For those of you who remember, we did an episode with Valerie about the experience of writing the first version of The Care and Keeping of You. This episode is really about the updated version and all of the really important thinking that went into making the books more inclusive, more reflective of girls' experiences today, and also rooted in the research about what we know and how we speak to kids in order to keep their bodies safer and healthier. So you will love being a fly on the wall in this conversation with Cara and Valerie about the care and keeping of you. So this is a pretty exciting day. I'm flanked, at least on Zoom, by the two incredible authors of The Care and Keeping of You. I will let the two of you describe all the wonderful collaborative permutations that this book has taken on over the years. But Valerie Schaefer, who for the OGs of this podcast, was one of our very first guests. She was our big get, forget about Nick Kroll. It was all about getting Valerie on the podcast. Henry Winkler Schminkler. Well, I mean, in fairness, Valerie and Henry are like neck and neck for most amazing guests on the podcast. Very true. But you two have impacted generations of young people in this country with the care and keeping of you. And this is a very exciting announcement because does which one of you wants to say that the book is Valerie? 25 years old. 25 years old in the case of the first book. It can rent a car. Oh my God. And and have a you know a Mai Tai in any state in the union. <laughs> Now I know what drink to order you, Valerie, when we finally get to fruity, sit down. Fruity. And not to be completely overlooked, but it's fair to overlook it a little bit. The follow-up book, The Care and Keeping of You 2, a very creatively titled book, <laughs> just went double digits. It just turned 10. Yay. Amazing. So for those of you who post on Facebook and say, someone's double digits today, which always cracks me up, like how double digits becomes like a big deal. Karen keeping of you two is double digits and Cara's holding them I'm up. I'm holding up for the YouTube audience. Okay, this in, in my right hand is Valerie's original, original book, original cover, all of my, do you see all my post-its? What is there? on those notes? It's secret. No, you know what? This was, Val, this is before I ever met you. I was sent this book when I first came to American Girl and they're like, what? content do you think needs a little bit of updating? This was when I went through and updated. And I guess, I guess I thought something on the hands pages needed updating. I'm not Man. sure hands changed. Proper way to or trimming our nails file to your nail. I, I guess. Who knows? Valerie, you'll appreciate this. Cara and I did a, a TikTok about how to cut your toenails. and It went viral. It Ew. went viral. Wait, but listen, listen. She's like straight across. Don't round them. They have to be straight across. And I was like, that's awful. Who wants to have Who wants sharp pointy nails well, on yes. the ends? Yeah. Exactly. Making holes like, in your socks. Yes. No. And she's like, no, that's safe. So apparently the F date was make sure you have really sharp corners on all of your nails. <laughs> wow. Yeah, maybe that's what I updated. Are we calling it a well, birth? Are we calling these birthdays or anniversaries? Oh, good question. For the YouTube audience in my left hand is the 
anniversary edition. So very good point, Val. There's a gold sticker on the new one. I want to go. I want a gold sticker. You deserve a gold sticker, Vanessa. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Adorably. There's a little flower on the spine. That's a new change from prior. Did you ever notice I know. Um, They left off that it's a New York Times bestseller on the gold sticker. I feel like that should be mentioned, but it's not. But it says it's right here, right here. Oh my goodness. Look at that. It's in bold across the top. Yeah. But but it's not in italics. (laughs) But it's not, and it's not gold. So it doesn't even matter. Gold. And it doesn't have a flower. And (laughs) the care and keeping of you two also got a makeover. So everyone got a makeover when they turned 25 slash 10. Okay. So let's start with why did they need a makeover? Because you two are both incredible writers and advocates and believers in giving kids reliable, empathic guidance and information, right? Like that is your starting point as human beings. But sometimes things need an update. So Valerie, what's the... A little refresh, a little refresh. A little refresh. As as she says, as she's like pointing to her skin, your skin looks terrific, by the way. You don't need a refresh. That's the euphemism. For those of you who don't live in New York City, that is the euphemism for when people do some work to our faces. They just get a little refresh in quotes. So Valerie, why did they need to be updated? Let's think about and talk about all of the ways that these beautiful books could become even more beautiful. Well, two and a half decades, hence from writing it, (laughs) it's, you know, it's really kind of gratifying to be able to say that most of the guts of the book hold up. But there's a lot of things about being an eight-year-old girl that are really fundamentally the same. I mean, our biology is somewhat the same. But there's a lot of other things that have changed, like what kind of products are available, or even some best practices recommendations from doctors and pediatricians, apparently, like how to cut your toenails. And (laughs) so I think that those were certainly factual things we wanted to address in the update, but also... We really wanted to make the books as welcoming to as many kids as possible. So we wanted to make it inclusive and diverse in every way we could think of. So we went through every line and every illustration in the books to look for opportunities to really open the door and welcome even more girls in. And so that means that When you look through the book, you'll see illustrations that represent more diverse body types. You'll see um, more racial diversity. You'll see different abilities reflected in the girls we depict. And that was really so important to us. And it should be mentioned that Cara and I had an opportunity to work on this edition with an absolutely phenomenal editor named Barbara Stretch. Barbara Stretchberry, an American girl. And we were all really aligned on what we wanted to see happen in these new versions. And diversity, inclusivity was certainly at the very, very, very top of our wish list. I mean, I would add to that that you and Barbara and I spent a collective many, many hours, maybe Barbara the most hours, looking at every picture in the book. And saying, how can girls see themselves in these characters that are being depicted? And the original book, it's not that they did a bad job of being inclusive. What they did is they created a little cadre of characters that traveled through the book. And the characters all happened to 
look very similar. Their body types were very similar. Their skin color was very similar. None of them were disabled. None of them. And this book, we had the opportunity to say, oh, we don't need one thread of characters to go through. We can create a representation of all different kinds of kids on every page. And what it allowed was for much more diversity across every measurable type of diversity. So it's so far beyond kind of just looking at skin color. There are kids who have prosthetic limbs depicted because those kids go through puberty too. They should be able to see themselves. There are kids with hearing aids. There are kids with, you know, all sorts of really, I would call them wonderful attributes that other kids need to see as strengths and as pieces of who they are. And the biggest feedback every single writer gets is if you don't see yourself, your story is not being told and you can't sort of see where you go as you get older. So Val and I, to a large degree, and Barbara, to the nth degree, we were like, let's try to depict as many types of kids as we possibly can. Of course, we were the writers and not the artists. So we did not have the work dump that the artists had. The artists actually had a fair amount more work than we did. Yeah. I mean, I think when we wrote the book 25 years ago, we did a pretty good job. I mean, I think it was in some ways groundbreaking for its time, but times have changed. I mean, when you would look at the cover of the original book, I mean, you know, this is basically, here's a little Valerie, you know, but there are so many other kids that we want to open the door for in this new edition of the books. So let me ask about that a little bit, because sometimes when you've done something really wonderful, that's mostly working, the fear is to change it, right? I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which one of my kids tried to use that phrase the other day, but like they got it completely wrong. It was something along the lines of like, if it ain't fixed, don't break it. Don't break or something. it. And I was like, mm, yeah, not quite. Where did your worry sit in tinkering with it? Were there places where you thought, you know what? I'm a little scared to touch this because it's so like meaningful and important and nostalgic for so many people? Or did you guys feel like, our audience is going to go along with us on this because these changes are so critical. That our audience would agree with us that these changes were necessary. Mm. And I mean, the heart and soul of the book is exactly the same. I don't think anybody would find anything missing in that regard. And I think if, as much as anything, we've caught up with our audience. Mm. And I'd just like to add to that, that our mandate was not to rewrite the book. In fact. I believe there is actually a cap on the percentage of the content you can change before an update becomes a new book. And this is an updated version. So we were not looking to write a new book. We were looking to just take content that was amazing. And Valerie hit it so out of the park 25 years ago, beyond. And to take that content and just make some subtle shifts in terms of relevance. For instance, vaping was not a thing 25 years ago. It was not a thing, but it's a thing now and it's in the book, right? we need to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Electric toothbrushes. Yeah. Bralettes. 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 Like 
they did exist. They did, hadn't been named. They had. Did they use so, a picture oh. of an umbra for the bralettes page? Don't, don't think I didn't ask. Let me tell you. Don't <laughs> think I didn't ask. Opportunity. Period underwear. Yes. Period panties. What? I mean, mind blowing. Is there a menstrual cup in it, or did they not put a menstrual in cup book in book two? Okay. Discs and cups. Yeah. Right. So, we should talk a little bit about the nostalgia factor and where people have pushed back about the content because this is important. The nostalgia factor for these books and particularly for book one is massive. If you go on TikTok and you put in the hashtag, the Karen Keeping View, I mean, Valerie is Queen Valerie as she should be. And the millions of comments and the incredible emotional connection with the original book is ever present on TikTok and it is real and it is today. There are 30 and 35-year-olds who can flash back to how they felt when they were reading this book. And it is a, it's an incredible thing to read. And I encourage people to go look at some of those threads if you're social media consumers, because it's a wild experience and it taps into kind of the nostalgia of a moment. And it was a moment that Valerie and the American Girl team allowed for with the original care and keeping of you. In 2011, when I was brought in by American Girl, the mandate then was to create a follow-up book because kids had been asking for years and years and years for more. There was a little bit of content that we pulled out of the original book and aged up into the second book because it was more age-appropriate. The one that gets the most talk on social media is the movement of the tampon pages from the original book into the older mm -hmm. book. And I've read everything. Like, you were censored. People think tampons are bad and they're not teachable. How could you take them out of the book? And the answer is, no, 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 no. The content still very much exists. But because book one is the first step and book two is what you read beyond the first step, it felt very appropriate to give more information about pads in book one and then introduce the tampon content in book two. By the way, there's no age gate on these books, but in general, kids somewhere around eight, nine, 10 are reading book one and then they follow with book two, some of them within days, weeks, months, right? So the menstrual cup content that we put in just like the tampon content we put in book two, because it's something that goes inside your body and the level of sophistication and sort of the ability to get comfortable with putting something inside your body, we imagine is more likely when someone gets to the level where they want to read book two. Again, no age gate, but it felt more consistent. We also yeah. put period swimwear in book two. And I think Val... I think we miffed that a little. Period swimwear should have been with period underpants in book one. I mean, it it's like... Been. It could have yeah. been. Easily. It's like yeah. a gift, that period swimwear. Unbelievable. But I think um, separating the content this way makes so much sense. And it gives parents and girls an opportunity to really choose what feels right for them mm -hmm. at the age and stage they're at. And um, we're not trying to manage when girls should have access to that information. It's there for them. It's just in two separate volumes. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer 
is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. 
Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Speaking of updated information, one area that both of you, I imagine, think a lot about is the nutrition and healthy eating and how we talk and teach so differently with kids about those topics. And I want to hear about how you updated it, but I also want to hear about give our listeners some context as to why those changes needed to be made, like the sort of cultural significance and cultural Mm -hmm. context in terms of how things have shifted. Val, do you want to start with that sort of broader picture? In 1998, when we published The Care and Keeping of You, the prevailing wisdom around nutrition was all built around the USDA's recommendation using this thing called the food pyramid. And most people, you know, kids, now they don't know from food pyramid, they don't know what that is. But that was <laughs> that was sort of the cultural norm at that time. It doesn't exist now. And I think that moreover, we really wanted to talk about food and nutrition and wellness in a more holistic way rather than prescribing a series of proportions and rules. We wanted to introduce to kids this idea that there are some basic guidelines that will probably never change around how to think about food. And so we really, really, really expanded the food and nutrition section to think about food more broadly. We also really wanted to talk about girls who might choose to eat a vegetarian diet or who might be gluten intolerant or allergic and to acknowledge veganism and to really let everyone know that there there are many healthy ways to nourish and fuel your body that are all great. I think an even bigger framing for this section for all of us was that we really wanted to push back strongly against diet and diet culture, which is pervasive, not just for grown women, but for girls as young as the girls reading this book. We wanted to to take a strong stance against that and to tell kids that, you know, just don't count calories. Don't think about diets. Don't think about foods as being good foods and bad foods. Every kind of food has a place in your life within reason. Snacks are okay. Treats can be a sometimes thing. Yeah. But let's not get overly hung up on, you know, demonizing any particular way of eating. So that was really important to us. I'm going to take us on a little journey, a show and tell, and I'll describe it, about how the nutrition section, as Val described, was the only part of the book that was completely reworked. 25 years ago, in 1998, the original, original book, as Valerie described, we have the food pyramid depicted, and then sort of these, what counts as an ounce or a cup, because the nutrition world was very oriented towards measuring. I want to be very clear, that was the USDA's very public campaign. This was how the American Academy of Pediatrics presented it. This was how all the government agencies presented it. So this was a very sort of science-based, science-rooted way of describing nutrition. There were words like less is best. You'll notice we have really gotten away from this kind of language. Mm -hmm. Uh Um, And then some of the essential vitamins and minerals on the next page. 
When we jump forward to the edition that was released 10 years ago, which was the one where I came in, we went back and the USDA had just released my plate. My plate replaced the food pyramid with a plate that was divided into different categories. We still had the same language, less is best, which we're not crazy about anymore. We got rid of the measurements, the ounces and all that kind of stuff, but there's still no recognition here of vegetarian or vegan diets. There's no conversation about allergies, none of that. And again, on the next page, there are vitamins and minerals. This new edition, if you look at the picture of how food is depicted, it is not in a hierarchy. It is not divided along a plate. There is a smorgasbord of a rainbow of fruits and vegetables and proteins and different foods that are inclusive of all different kinds of eaters. There is no less is best language. Instead, it has been replaced by things like be a food sleuth. So empowering kids to learn about the foods that they're eating and to feed themselves nutritiously. And again, we have our vitamins and minerals. And Val, I can see you holding up your book to the refrigerator. You wanna you wanna show that? So we're, we feel like this is a way of talking about food and nutrition that will hold up and isn't really reflecting any particular set of rules. Eat widely from a variety of wholesome foods. Eat the rainbow. Hydrate. Pay attention to labels. Keep your snacks and treats to the side of your plate once in a while. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Another thing that didn't exist in, you know, it didn't have a name. Hopefully it existed, although probably none of us ever experienced it, was the body positive movement and certainly Mm -hmm. the health at every size movement. Mm -hmm. And when we were all growing up, body positivity was, you could only be positive if you're about your body, if it like weighed a certain amount, looked a certain way, was a certain skin color, fit into certain kinds of clothing, right? And now today we're encouraging kids of all genders to feel good about their bodies and what their bodies can do and how they can move their bodies and not prescribing a certain look and feel and weight and all of that. How did you, I mean, you talked about the nutritional side of things. How did you incorporate body positivity, all bodies are good bodies into this update? That's really a message that we tried to thread like a ribbon through every single section of this book. To think of yourself as a whole person, not just a collection of your body parts, and to really embrace not only who you are, but who everybody else is, and to feel really capable. Your body is strong, it's capable, and that's a message that we try to build in throughout these new editions of the book. I think we did it to some degree 25 years ago, but much more strongly now. And I think it's such, such healthy messaging. Girls really need it. Kids of all ages, kids of all genders need it. Yeah. So it's not just in the nutrition pages. In fact, I don't even know, I'd have to go back and look. I don't even know if it shows up in the nutrition pages. It shows up everywhere throughout the book. And it is critical. It is a critical part of the formation of a healthy sense of self and of confidence and of self-esteem. And so to be able to honor how kids can feel 
strong and beautiful and healthy, looking all different kinds of ways. This is basic health 101. And I think that, you know, movement as opposed to athletics or sports, you know, there's lots of ways to be in your body and to move your body that's so good for every aspect of your being. Maybe you're not a, you know, the kind of kid who wants to play a team sport, but you can walk your dog, you can jump rope, you can go for walks with your friends or your family. So it's sort of like, keep your body moving, keep moving in whatever way feels good to you, whether that's skateboarding or dancing or, yeah, strolling. Okay. I think that um, 25 years ago, we could have messaged that a little bit more strongly than we did. But again, I mean, it was reflecting a culture that said that movement or physical activity equals sports. And now we have so much more research and data about how all different kinds of physical activity and body movements, how they support health throughout a person's lifetime. You know, it reflects what we now know, which is really critical. There were some words that were not in the original books and even maybe some words that may or may not have gotten updated, but lots of words that are now in the new version. And we talked about a couple of them, menstrual cup and menstrual disc. Oh, yes. But there are some others. I'm going to direct people to pages 26 and 27 of the Care and Keeping of You 2. So (laughs) the original Care and Keeping of You 2 had two diagrams. On page 27, say girl standing, and you could see like with your Jedi mind tricks, with your x-ray vision, you could amazingly see her ovaries, her fallopian tubes, her uterus, and all of these parts were labeled. Also labeled were different parts of the breast, like the breast itself, the nipple and papilla, the areola. And other parts of the body were named, which I think is actually very important. Things like waist and hip, because there's all this conversation around body shape and size. And everyone assumes a kid knows what a waist is, for instance, but everyone's waist looks different. So pointing these out and teaching kids the language and how they can describe different parts of their body so that they can talk to trusted adults in their life, very, very important. On page 26, there is a different view of the female reproductive organs. It is the external view of the vulva. The vulva includes the labia majora, the labia minora, the opening of the vagina, and then the clitoris. And the clitoris, the labia majora, and the labia minora were not labeled in the original Care and Keeping of You too. There was a lot of argument and debate about that. And at the time, you know, look, sometimes getting out the best thing you can so that you don't get completely shut down by the world is a better solution than fighting to have Mm -hmm. something that is the more accurate, more sort of clinical version that can name all the parts, but that the world, that the libraries of 2013 say, I can't carry this book. But today in 2024, there's just no room for not labeling all body parts. So on page 26, there is the same drawing of the external female genitalia, but many more parts are labeled. And then in the back of the book, there's a glossary and 
all of these terms also show up in the glossary. And, you know, Vanessa, you and I talk about endlessly how vulva and vagina are not synonymous. And it had to be labeled and explained in a basic book. Like, how could you not do that? There are grown people who don't know that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And think about all the people who now know that or the kids coming up and reading these books who will now know that. And the reason it's important just for anyone wondering why is because A, they are important when you're speaking to a medical provider to be able to say very specifically what part hurts or what part burns or what part has a rash or any of those things, right? You are on telehealth or you call them up or you know, you're not in a position in that moment to be examined. And also someday down the road, we really hope that kids, when they become adults, will have loving, meaningful, pleasurable sexual relationships with another person if they choose it. And to know what your body parts are and what they do and how they feel and how to keep them clean and safe is a critical part to being a sexually active adult down the road. And if you don't know what it's called and you don't know how to take care of it, you can't do those things. So, you know, it's a public service. It's just facts. Let's normalize it. It's normal. And we know that millions of young people read these books, which means millions of young people are getting the education to take care of their bodies, to learn about their bodies, to keep their bodies safe and healthy. So with that transition to the bigger picture, Valerie, why do millions of people buy this book, read this book? Why have these books endured over the years? Why are they so important to the devoted readership and followership of these books? Well, I think especially now, because you know, when we wrote this book in 1998, there weren't books like this that existed. Either the books were, you know, where do babies come from for really little kids, or they were for teenagers. So what it tells me is that these books still have a strong life because they deliver just the right amount of information in an age-appropriate way that parents and children want and feel comfortable with. And I think that the age-appropriate piece of it is so important. And it it was a lot of the thinking between breaking the contents of the care and Mm -hmm. keeping of you into two distinct age groups. What a girl of seven is ready for is not the same thing as what an 11-year-old wants to know about. And so I think these books really honor and respect those developmental milestones. I think that the books have a tone that is warm and welcoming and reassuring. And I think that's a really important reason why the books continue to be so beloved. I think that the fact that they're illustrated with the kinds of illustrations we use Let's kids know right from the get-go, this book is for you at the age you're at right now. And I think, I don't know, this is just my own sense. I think the fact that even though we have the internet, you can find out anything you want to know at any time, the fact that it's a book is somehow part of its success. I mean, I think there's something about a book that feels private and personal and special, and you can consume it in the time and place that feels right to you. You can read a little bit and close it and put it away. You can read it in your bedroom 
with your door closed. Nobody knows. They can't hear you. And there's just something about when you read a book, it feels like you are having a personal experience with the content in it. Like somebody's talking just to you. And I think that makes it special. And I think American Girl for four decades has been a company and a brand that parents trust. And I think that is also part of the reason that it continues to be so important. It's, it, feels, it feels vetted almost. I want to pick up on that thread about it being a book. There is something so amazing about being able to either pull something from your own childhood off a shelf, right? How many of us have a book, a stuffed animal, a little trinket of some sort that just brings back waves of feelings? This book, what we hear from people all the time is this book is often the one thing that they have saved from their childhood. And then the extension of that, which is the pass along phenomenon, Mm. that one sibling or cousin or family friend can pass this book to the next generation. How many people, Val, have you heard from who say, I read it, I gave it to my cousin, she read it, she gave it to her girlfriends, they read it. It's one thing to look at the sales numbers and it's just mind boggling to see how many people have bought the book. But the real number I would love to see, that's a true measure of how well read it is. I would love to understand how many people check it out from a library. Librarians tell us it's the most checked out book of all books in the children's section when it's allowed in the children's section. Libraries are so important. Libraries are so important. And then how many people have passed it on? Like, I'd love to like do a short movie. What's the life of uh, one of these books? Mm -hmm. Follow it hand to hand to hand. Because while this is a, an amazing thing to have updated. The original is, as you said from the outset, is a pretty darn close fit. It is all the same love, all the same really good information, just what was best at the time, best practices at the time. But just to have that and to to know, I mean, just from generation to generation, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I think if you did that math, if someone did that math, please someone do that math. I think we would go from having, you know, seven or eight million sold to it's got to be five, 10 times that in the number that have been read. How incredible. I mean, that's just remarkable. Also, like maybe the reason that this is like one of the things you put away in your little trunk is that it's just so representational. It's so representative this moment of transition in your life that is so seismic and so special. And I think as much as grown women embrace their memory of this book, they're really having a warm, nostalgic feeling about the girl they were when they read this book. It's a moment where a lot of things change for, especially for girls. I mean, I think they go from being confident people sometimes to being people who feel a little more questioning of themselves, you know, and and I think sometimes, you know, women have a real desire to go back and give that eight-year-old version of themselves a really big hug because she was becoming uncertain. It's a moment of transition that's huge. So this is like your little symbolic object of that time period in your life 
your passport back in time to a time when you felt more confident? I mean, hopefully this book, and we've heard from so many people when, you know, when we're in meetings, Valerie, and people find out that Carr is one of the authors of these books, people freak out. It's like having a major, major celebrity. I'm sure you've had the same experience where people are like, oh my God, you've changed my life. That book has changed my life. And so hopefully the good work that you have already done will only continue to get bigger and better with the update, with the inclusivity, with the expanded vocabulary, all of those things, because it is so clear you've done so much great work already and impacted millions of kids. I mean, how many people can say that about the work that they've done? And it's really astounding. You're such a good hype woman, Vanessa. <laughs> it's why I keep her around. It's satisfying, isn't it, Cara? I mean, it is. And and Vanessa, you know it too, because you're also now writing books about puberty. It's just, um, it's wonderful work to be able to do. Ours is not illustrated and it has less cute language. Um, we go, we go. You don't find deeper. our language cute? <laughs> um, our language is entertaining, but when you talk about the permutations of gonorrhea in chapter 17, <laughs> it's like a little less adorable. But I just think it's such an honor to be with you both. And it's so thrilling to see the work you've done and to see the impact you've had on the world and so much gratitude from people everywhere for what you have done and you've made it even better, which is incredible in its own right. Thank you. That's so nice. Thank you, Vanessa. So for those of you listening, if you don't have a copy of this book in your house, this would be a great time to get it and to give it to someone you love. And I can say that because I don't get any royalties off of the sales of these books. So I'm going to say it because I don't benefit at all, only with the associational pride of knowing the people who've written them. So get these books, share these books. They are even better from an incredible start. and. Let's teach kids about their bodies and help them feel great about themselves and their bodies. Valerie, thank you for being with us. We so appreciate it. Thank you both. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products, like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 